Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, it's Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Guys, I hope you're all well out there. Thank you so much for all of you that have been getting in contact with us. A shout out to our boy, Cy Sharp, who's been in contact about the uh, George Michael episode. He was pointing out to us that we're absolute losers because we didn't realise that not only is I Want Your Sex on the album, Faith, there are actually three different versions of it. I Want Your Sex Parts 1, Parts 2 and Part 3. That's a whole lot of sex to be wanting. It's like me and my teenage years, but with none of the delivery. Uh, Also, shout out to our boy Neil, who's at Sausages on uh, Twitter, who got in contact with us about the Prince episode. We were talking about what a funky weapon might be, and he pointed out that it's basically a pair of nunchucks with two James Brown dicks connected by a small gold chain. So uh, that's the kind of highbrow shit we're getting over on Twitter at the moment. So if you want to get involved, do follow us. at PCL Podcast. Come and get involved with the chat, guys. We're enjoying it. Uh, this week, we're talking about The Charlatans, not a record that I was particularly looking forward to, so uh, have a listen and see what we actually made of it in the end. I've been having a busy week this week, guys. I'm it's 10 to 11 on the day we're supposed to be releasing this podcast at the moment. I've just got back from a gig doing new material, working very hard at the moment, trying to turn over stuff for this new show. Uh, just did a load of new stuff about mental health, which was quite challenging, but I'm feeling quite up because some of it went quite well. Uh, had a great week last week supporting my friend Sean McLaughlin on his tour show. Uh, if you get the chance to see it, the show's called Hail Mary. Sean is just on another level at the moment. One of the best stand-up shows I've seen in such a long while, and it was an absolute absolute honour to open for him uh, also bizarrely Russell Howard opened for me last week at, uh, at Top Secret and when I say he opened for me he went on first obviously of course he did but following him that was quite an odd experience what else is going on I've got a few gigs this week going to be in I don't even know where I am going to be gonna Scallywags Comedy up by the Welsh border I can't even remember where I'm going to be but uh, yeah so if you're up by the Welsh border quite a long border come and see me there got my comedy night on the edge comedy this friday still some tickets available we've got the wonderful adam hess if you've ever seen adam hess before you'll know he's one of the funniest stand-ups out there right now so quick uh so full of energy you never really know what you're going to get with adam but you just know it's going to be fucking brilliant uh so that's going to be this friday the 19th of april some tickets left on we got tickets and eventbrite get involved if you're in the brighton area or if you're just down for a mucky weekend from london or somewhere else in the country anyway guys that is enough from me today please crack on with a podcast keep getting in contact with us via our various social medias you can find us at pclpodcast.com all of the links that you'll need are on there uh please enjoy the episode see you next week
Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Pop Collaborate and Listen, where we listen to every single number one UK album of the 1990s in order and tell you exactly what we think about it. Why are we doing this? Apparently due to huge public demand. My name is Dave Fenson. <laughs> I'm Christa Greer. Okay, Christa Greer, how are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm very well indeed. Thank you for asking. You? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Except uh, that you've uh, fucked your back. So. I have fucked my back. Unlucky. Yeah. Uh, Unlucky. Yeah, I have. Especially whenever we're supposed to be going bowling tomorrow. Yeah, that is true. We are supposed to be going bowling tomorrow. But I'm taking this as the excuse you're going to use whenever I batter you at bowling again. Yeah, I'll just uh, go fuck yourself. Um, Anyway, so, right, um, (laughs) bowling banter aside, what are we doing here this week, Krista Greer? This week, right, we are into October now. And uh, on the 14th of October, for one week... The Charlatans debut album was number one in the charts. Okay, and that's called Some Friendly? Some Friendly, absolutely, yes. Okay, well, let's start, as we always do, by having a look at the album cover. If we must, yes. It's, uh... Okay, well, it's stylized, isn't it? It's... it's yeah. What we got is a... What is a, a picture of the band that has been put through some kind of mad Chester filter? Well, it looks like it's been printed on a faulty printer. It's like it's come out badly, but they've gone, well, it's too late to change uh, it. Yeah, I mean, whatever has happened, it's been done on a budget, hasn't it? Oh, my God. I mean, whenever this came out, they were on their own, they phoned their own label to release their first single. Yeah. Then they got signed to, you know, a, a small label. It was a major, but small major. There's no money behind this album. And it, it very much looks like it. It's got, you know, it's got, a, we talked a bit about this kind of prototype uh, Photoshop work that was going on in the early 90s. And this is a, a prime contender of it. I think it's like you said for one of the others. I can't remember which one it was, but those photo booths you have now where yeah. you've got settings for watercolour yeah. or probably digitised or something like that. It's it's like a really primitive version of that. Well, exactly that. I mean, it's certainly no Snapchat, is it? Um, <laughs> you know, this would be the worst filter. This would get you no new followers. Yeah, no. I mean, it's very much of its time. Number one phrase of the podcast. Well, indeed. And the thing is, if you look inside as well, because the front cover is, let's say, it's, it's like someone has gone from left to right with a brush on a watercolour to spoil yeah. it. Inside... It's like they've done it, but they've gone up and down. So they seem to have done a few versions of this. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's, And they couldn't decide, so they put them both on. I mean, whatever, you wouldn't want to miss out on one of them, would well, you? Well, no, because, yeah, it gives you such a different view. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's shit. But it, it's, it is a bit shit. But it's not that shit. Well, it's... I mean, the thing is... Right, if this were... If this were the Fleetwood Mac cover, or if this were... Uh, an Elton John or Phil Collins cover you'd go what the fuck is happening here yeah but there's, there's a reason they call this indie music well it's, it's it's a tiny little band from the West Midlands who you know they're all early 20s they don't know what they're doing it's the first time doing anything they've gone with it fair enough despite that it's a number one album yes yes um, it is and I mean, yes it's only for one week so yeah. it's not like they went in and hung around for ages because it was a million seller. It went in on a load of hype and goodwill for the band. Yeah. For a week. And that's fine. Being as you are, an ex-indie DJ. Well, indeed, yes. I'm presuming that you've got a bit of a relationship with this record. Yeah. Um, I remember it coming out. I remember all the singles, uh, the ones that were released previous to the album release. I remember being excited that the Charlotte's album was coming out. Especially off the back of the big single, off the back of The Only One I Know, I was excited to hear this Charlotte's album. I liked everything I'd heard so far. 
yeah. and I was I was very much eager to hear what they they had left of the rest of the album. Okay, um, for me it was slightly different. Uh, obviously, I knew uh, anyone I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of had a passing idea of what indie was, mainly because the chart show had an indie the, chart. Yes, indeed. Um, I think I didn't mind this song at the time, but don't don't think I I particularly loved it. It wouldn't be until years later of going to kind of mixed Indian rock clubs mm. that I would you know I would know You've that heard it song all. yeah, yeah okay. exactly so yeah you, you weren't sitting at home excited to, that there's a Charlotte's album coming up no it wasn't on my radar at all not really. at all no. and as you know you know throughout the 90s I had a pretty much pathological dislike for a lot of the guitar indie sound yeah. uh, particularly Brit pop as we got oh yeah later. further on yes yeah so yeah. this this is this is not my bag musically so I'm I'm interested to check this out and see what it's got to of offer course, but I think yeah you from from knowing you the amount of time I do the baggy stuff isn't at the forefront of your dislike of indie no. like, quote unquote music no. the baggy stuff there's some stuff you get yeah on. no I like Stone Roses I, like yeah. yeah, I love Stone Roses like, 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 you know, like Happy Mondays sure. you know, I can deal deal with all of that stuff I like a bit of shoegaze here and there of course yep. um, but yeah like the kind of the whole kind of professional northerner kind of sound of indie mm-hmm. is the stuff that really boils my piss right you know no, I mean? okay okay well no indeed but we'll see how you got on with this then as we go through I never bought the album because a friend taped it for me. Sure. So I had it on, on one side of a C90. I listened to it on that. I never even owned the whole album until one of the various reissues. I think it was when I was working in Music Promo when they released, re-released everything. I got a CD of it then. But right, okay. uh, this album, I never had an actual copy until that time. Oh, I still don't own it. All of the other ones through the 90s, all of the other albums, I've got most of them on vinyl. But this one I just never got around to buying because well, I had to take. I only own one Charlatan's album and it's because it's a number one later <laughs> on in this and you gave it to me because you bought it off mid- Music Mad Pie. So, yeah, um, well, indeed, well, yeah. And I won't be listening to it until I absolutely <laughs> make of that what you will. Mm. Right, okay, so track one is called... Cool. Right, track one, let's go straight into this. Track one is You're Not Very Well. Right. Okay, so let's uh, play this and see how it starts. Okay, so we've kind of got this Stone Roses shuffle with mm-hmm. this. The differentiator here is this organ in behind it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the Charlottes have the organ sound yeah. very high in, in their repertoire. Tim Burgess. I so, love this voice. Oh, so fucking bland. I love it. Right, oh, I, it's so bland, Crystal. Oh, mate, I, I mean, fair enough, I'm calling it this definitely in a biased manner. Love that voice. And I, as soon as this hammock comes in here with a solo, yeah. I'm just thinking Vic Reeves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what was this? You know what I mean? I'm thinking <laughs> like golden foil curtains, uh-huh. working men's clubs. Right, okay. That's the vibe that that's giving me. Yeah. Do you like this song a lot? I love this song. I do. I think this is a fucking brilliant opener. I really do. I love the, like you say, that, that kind of shuffling beat, the bass line, the, the rolling bass line. Uh, the, the organ works for it. I, I'm not such a big fan of the organ sound. Uh, I think it's fine, right. but it, it's not like what makes me like the Charlottes. Mm. But I think that bass and drum and his voice is brilliant. See, I, for me, it's like it's like a funk track that's 
being played too fast and it's like lost all of its swagger yeah do you know what I mean it's like lost it lost all of its it's, it's like there's not enough space in it to like have any real groove to it I don't I don't get it like, okay. it just sounds like a shit Stone Roses song to me yeah yeah okay. I mean I mean lyrically it's what it's anti-money anti-establishment not sure I mean I'm I will probably say this quite a lot yeah. I don't understand what he's saying oh, no, so, I'm, that, I'm glad you said that as a yeah. fan because I'm not going to criticise for the most part the lyrics on this record mm-hmm. you know they are generally poetically written mm-hmm. um and they're interestingly oblique you know they conjure some images absolutely yes but I can't tell you for the most but every time when I look at this I go so it's about this is, is yeah. it no there, there's a lot of that I don't get the point of his his ire because this is an angry song about, you know he's is it? angry about something is he? but right, I don't okay. know what it is just, yeah I mean, the, the whole thing about you're not very well is, is a veiled you're a bit of a prick. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, I mean, there's bits in it where it sounds like he's talking about someone that's got some money, and then there's the whole thing about hmm. privatisation where it yeah. seems to be a bit like kind of anti-government. Uh, or, yeah, definitely. I, I, it's it's anti-someone or something, but I'm not sure exactly who it is. Right, okay. Yeah. But, no, I, I agree with you totally on that. I think, I don't know whether he's just gone pure stream of consciousness or if this is, he's deliberately being oblique, like you okay. say. Either way, couldn't tell you what he's talking about. But... I uh, again I am a sucker for for his voice on that I think it's yeah I think, I think it fits beautifully with see that that yeah, you know I'm not, I'm not saying I, I I hate his voice completely or write it off in this but just don't get it there it's just yeah. it's, it's bland and a tonal to me a lot of the time okay I think part of that's stylistic and it's part of my problem with the with the style of the right. but yeah I really like Ian Brown which is yeah also a tonal but yeah and the, and the other comparison with Ian Brown is that neither of these people can sing live. Oh, f- I mean, I, I mean, can't sing on the fucking record. Uh, you see, I think it's. I think on this record, I think there's a a simplicity and a purity to the voice. Okay, right. I, fair I, I do remember though. Um, there was in the mid two thousands, I think it was. Yeah. There was a point where uh, the company I was working for were asked to promote a Charlatans live album. Yeah. And it was basically a greatest hits, but live. Yeah. And whenever we got that CD in the office, we thought it was a joke. We thought, they can't actually be releasing this because his voice is so bad live. Yeah. And there was, I guess maybe this was before everything was auto-tuned to post-production. Yeah. And it was shocking. And I've I've seen them live a couple of times, but I was far too shit-faced to notice. Oh, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So, yeah, look, for for me, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't despair buys it at all okay. but it doesn't really do anything for it's not, right, it's not for, for track one it's not hooked you in if someone was like hey listen to the first half of this song and then you can either buy the album or not mm. it'd be a definite no on it. I see okay right I I do I think this is this is one of my favourites on the album okay uh, uh, mostly because the drum beat and the bass line I could listen to that go on for a while That I love that Really, just that's that gets me. It really does for me. It's it's just too up tempo. Okay, if, if they slowed it down a little bit, I might jive with it a little bit more. Yeah, right. Okay, there is a fucking dreadful guitar solo in it. Oh yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean the, I don't know why they've decided to put a guitar solo this bad in this song. By like nineteen ninety two, I was playing in a lot of local bands, mm-hmm. 
and I heard that guitar sound in so many local bands. Yeah, it, it, it is. That is exactly how to describe it. It's a local band guitar solo that you see in a pub, and you're like, oh, well, you tried. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's some dude with you know kind of straw dyed hair in <laughs> curtains over his head. He's he, he's probably playing a, like an Epiphone Les Paul. He's banging it out. He's got a fucking wah wah pedal. Yeah, he's not afraid I mean? to use it. Yeah, he's, he's got a nickname like Blues Master. He's not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, fair enough. Okay, well, very different opinions on, on track one. Okay, so track two is called White Shirt. Yeah, and if uh, if track one was too fast and up-tempo for you, I'm intrigued to see what you think of this one. Let's uh, see how it starts. I mean, there is no way you can think that, that organ is anything other than naff, is there? I, I wouldn't say naff. I'd say this this sounds cheesy to me. This sounds like a Wurlitzer ride. Yeah. And yeah, it's far too jaunty. Yeah, look, to be a contrarian, there are moments in this song mm-hmm. that uh, to me hint at something that the first song didn't. Okay. okay. I don't like this song. I mean, this is a very different sound to the first one. I mean, it's still to me, it's still bad white boy funk. But I put these songs together in that way. They, they, mm-hmm. they sound like indie people when they're trying to be funky. It's got that kind of fast guitar lick. Uh-huh. And you know, again, Sounds like a six form band to me. That's what it yeah, sounds fair like. Fair enough. But okay. pretty much were as well. You're right. But there's little bits like that, like the kind of the phrasing of that line where she's like, um, she laughed and, and then she died. died. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's really nice. It, that's, yeah. You know, and that's, that's, again, not really 100% sure on this. I was, I was like, is this about a grandmother or something? I don't know, right? Not a clue about this one again. But but that line, I don't know, it's, it's poetic and it kind of hangs in the air a little bit. I like it. It, it works very well. Again, I don't really care for that song particularly. Sure. But there are moments in it where I, where I don't, you know, where I like, okay, well, I, I can see something there. There's a, there's a, a little bass bit on the outro. That I, oh, like. I was going to say, I think the outro was fantastic. Let's play yeah. a bit of that actually, because I think that works really well. And instead of going back into that Hammond and yeah. upbeat stuff, it ends in a really good way. So I'll see if I can find this. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, see, that's really nice. That is, isn't it? Absolutely. That's a good way to end this. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of this song. This reminds me of some of the influences, influences that they obviously have. Spencer Davis group. Yeah. That sort of thing. Those uh, mod, 60s mod groups. And I think it's a pastiche of those, but not a, br- a really good one. Okay. Uh, I prefer when they're doing the other side. I, I really do think that this is a total flip side of their sound. And I prefer the track one sound to this. Yeah, I mean, I I would make I would say that in my mind, the kind of people that really like this song are the kind of people that had um, like Paul Weller haircuts at Sixth Form College, sure, and have still got them now. Oh like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Those pricks. Sure. So track one, track two for me, not loving it so far. Fair enough. True. No, that, that's, that's I I completely understand that. I didn't expect you to be a convert. Yeah. from, from okay. getting straight into that that's fair enough but then right so track three yep. we come to the big single it's the only one I know yes the only one I know which it was the first single released mm-hmm. from this album and it was released back in May I think yeah. we briefly talked about it when it was in the top ten yeah. and so it was a long time before the album came out yeah. but it had such a shelf life yeah. on chart show mm-hmm. on radio 
and being talked about in things like the enemy, etc. Yeah. That it there was a, a real swell from it to build up. So this, this wasn't actually on the original vinyl release of the album. Yeah, was I it? didn't know. That. I read that, and yeah. they weren't going to put it on because they they were going to have a policy where there were only going to be one single per album. Right. And the single they were going to have from this one was the second single then. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the record label just turned around at some point and went, all right, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you would hope someone to go, I, yeah, I think they, they made the right choice. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. The album is better for having this on it. Uh, in case anyone can't remember how this one goes, everyone knows this. Yeah. Everyone knows. I mean, this is one of, I mean, uh, growing up in the 90s and DJing in, in indie clubs in the yeah. 90s. This is one of the most popular songs for five years. Oh, for sure, man. And, and you know, like this is, you know, I've talked on the podcast before about how, you know, you, you know the songs you don't like better than the songs you do like. And, I, you know, I cannot get, you know, like this song is so in my DNA. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I mean, I would, you know, I would say that I was actively going to indie clubs. You know, the nature of clubs where we where we were in Luton, there wasn't an indie club and a rock club and a drum club. Yeah. All of the kind of fringe music was in one venue. There was so, an alternative club yeah, for a while. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. So you you know, you heard the stuff that you wanted to hear, but then you heard everybody else's stuff mm. as well, you know, yeah, and there's little tribes. And you know, this was never one of my songs, but Christ, I mean I would I went to these clubs from between about nineteen ninety two and you know, probably was going every week until I moved to Brighton and in sure. two thousand four. Two thousand and three you moved to Brighton. Oh two thousand and three, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. But yeah, so Oh no, you were hearing it especially in the nineties, in those or that yeah. first half of the nineties, you were hearing this two, three times a week. Yeah. Every week. Exactly. So I know yeah. this song really well. And you know, I mean it's a banger. It's, oh, it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's a, you know, I'm not I'm not a big enough arsehole that I would find any way to slag this song. Right. No, it's you know. catchy as hell. Oh, yeah, it's straight up, man. It's, it's got everything, man. Yeah, you you know this you know, this song is probably why this album was so big. Easily. Vocal uh it's kind of got a bit more presence here, it seems a bit more commanding, mm-hmm. less thin and reedy than it sometimes is. Sure, um, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a Dancing in a student union covered in beer and sweat. Yeah, it's it's a joyous song for a time in your life oh. when you've got nothing to worry about and you can just go mental. You know? it, absolutely, I've got um, in my notes this. I've got this makes me happy. Yeah, because it sends me back to having the best time when yeah. you're sixteen to eighteen and the yeah. brilliant time, wishing you could talk to those girls over there because they're really pretty. But just getting shit faced on cheap beer yeah. and dancing to the charlatans instead. Fair enough, man. So no change at all from your way you're living your <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, quite indeed. To this day. Yeah, funnily enough, oh, that's yeah. a pattern that's emerged. <laughs> I, there was obviously, again, this is because I was DJing in, at one point, in like three or four different indie or alternative nights a week. Yeah. I got so bored of this song. I, I There was a time when you're just like, no, I'm not going to play that tonight. Right. You could, part of it is just being a dickhead. Yeah. But some of it is like, come on. You have heard this every week for the past five years. And so there was a period where I was like, no, I'm not doing that one. But then by that point, the Charlottes also had other singles out that I could get away with. But people were still asking for this one because this is the hit. Yeah. And I understand that. People go, have you got uh, I'm the Resurrection by Stone Roses? Have you got Step On by Happy Mondays? Have you got I'm uh, the only one I know by the Charlottes? Yeah. You know, rightly so, it's a big tune. It's, you know, it's a... It's a great song, and I was I was happy to hear it when it when it when yeah. it came on. So yeah. there you go, right? I told you. But um, and to me, you know, and to me, this is distillation of 
what they're knocking at the door on in the first two songs, you know. Oh, okay, sure. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I hold the three, those three songs as just different levels of success of the same formula. Uh-huh. And this one really hits. This is where they nail it. I mean, you know, a key note of this is they don't let the Hammond organ player go too mental in it. No, you no, know, it's okay. there and it's a feature. But it's not like fucking. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look at me. Do you know right. what I mean? Oh, no, no, I, I agree. I think sometimes the organ is is far too far forward in the song oh, on some of these, and yeah, in this one it's not. This this is another drums and bass groove yeah. as a, a bed for everything else to go on top of. Yeah, um, but it's brilliant. I, I would say I would say at times it is the most unwelcome organ since the time my wife was flashed at. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, yeah. that's quite uh, quite the picture. Yeah, Thanks. Was, well, there's more to that picture. I was, <laughs> I was I was buying weed in the street in Luton. <laughs> she was sat in the car outside. <laughs> it wasn't like pressed up against the window, was it? Uh, I think he had. A, I think he tried to. Good lord! <laughs> and then, then he just ran away. <laughs> There. Up the hill. It's right, the road we used to live in in Cardigan Street. Really? Yeah. Just run up there. God's sake. God's Wait, don't, sake. you've planned that wrong. Don't run up the hill. <laughs> yeah, true. Hmm. Well, anyway. that, uh, probably not the, the smartest man in the world. In reading around this, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd heard it before, but I'd never gone and listened specifically to it, people say, oh, it's just a massive rip-off of Hush by Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have heard that. But then whenever I think of Hush these days, I generally get the Cooler Shaker version in my head. Oh, God. Yeah. I th- I'm okay with that. I think they do a really good version, but it's not the Deep Purple version. But I went back and listened to to Hush, right? And it really is a big rip-off. Mm. Let's, let's play Hush here. Oh yeah, fair enough, yeah. I mean, this is not the only time that we're gonna, well, I don't know, it's certainly not the only time I'm gonna accuse them of ripping off a big rock standard. Right, fair enough, but that is that is a straight lift of that chugging riff. Yeah, it really is. And the other bit about it is that uh, some of the lyrics are lifted straight from a bird song. Oh, there's, really? there's a song by the birds called Everybody's Been Burned. Uh-huh. Sound familiar because the lyrics are oh, everybody's yeah. been burned, everybody knows the pain. Everybody has been burned before. Everybody knows the pain. It's literally straight, there you Fucking go. Hell. Yeah. And whether or not that is the, uh, Tim Burgess being a cheeky cunt. And just having it, or whether it's he's trying to tribute them or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But either way, it is a straight lift. Fair enough, mate. But Fair the enough. other thing I find when I was looking into this. Oh Jesus! Right. Yeah, mate. I was looking to see because I was thinking this is such a good little groove. Yeah. I wonder if that's been sampled. I wonder okay. if someone's done something else. Oh no! This is scaring me. Right. What is oh, it? Oh no! This is hilarious. This oh, is so no. bad. And while it's not a sample, I did find that Scooter oh, have a song called The Only One right, right. you know you love Scooter don't you go on uh, yeah Cliff who runs the Caroline where we run our comedy I know Cliff really yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves Scooter he loves Scooter he loves the Venga Boys and he loves Scooter 
in, in an unabashed, unashamed, non-ironic oh, he way. He doesn't give a fuck. He loves me. Oh no, fair. my god! This is one of the best live bands he's ever seen. <laughs> band. <laughs> that's, a, that's a loose definition of band. <laughs> but listen to this shit, right? I mean, Scooter have done many strange songs. They did that status quo sampling one, and then they've done this. This is a strange thing that they've done, isn't it? Yeah, because it's not like they've, they've sampled it and used it. They've done their own thing, and then this comes in. Oh, oh, oh this, is, this is for the masses. And there you go. There you go. There's Scooter. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd probably rather hear that in the second song on this record. Uh, it's such a bizarre way. If I don't, I'm going to put it on our playlist that we yeah. have that goes along with these. Do you listen? Because it's so bizarre. They, it has that at the start. Yeah. And then sort of halfway through, he talks about being justified and ancient. But, well, KLF. but, but there's no KLF tune that they're doing. They're not something that. They're just saying that they are like the KLF, maybe. And then at the end, it's got that yeah, yeah bit from Come As You Are by Nirvana. Wonderful. Thanks, that's, Scooter. Yeah. Cheers, mate. That's that's a journey. Uh, I did also watch the video for this, because obviously this is one of the ones with a video. Yeah. And they do look like twats. You oh, know, of course they do. Fair enough. It, but they were 20-year-olds in 1990. Oh, dude, we all look like twats. Oh, I mean, God. We all look like twats in the 90s. Well, yeah, true enough. True enough. But it worked for them. Tim Burgess got so much fucking female attention, because he well, looked like this poster boy indie haircut stuff. Yeah. So there you go. That's the big single. That's track three. Track four? Track four is called Opportunity. Yes, indeed. Right, Opportunity, let's do that. Okay, so this is a lot slower. Indeed, another more chilled out one. A little brooding. Yes, atmospheric. Mm-hmm. And, and the organ's there, but it's yeah, but just it's, a nice little... Yeah. See, this immediately works for me much better than you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, another big one when they're playing live. This was one, okay. this is one of the ones that they would play for a quiet while and it would be a big tune. Okay, well, I can see that. I can see why. Yeah. So, obviously, it's got a big, long intro into it. Indeed, yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're coming up on 50 seconds of this. And Tim Burgess hasn't started singing. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I think he's with I'm wondering how you feel about his voice in this one. I think it sits a lot more nicely over this mm-hmm. than you know. He's got this tendency, obviously, to sing like kind of half tempo a lot of the time over right. some of the. You know, I, I just think a lot of the time, what I've heard, I've heard him doing a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't differentiate itself. It's, it seems like he's, okay. you know, kind of like Michael Caining his way through the the vocals. Do I, like, I, mean? I like that. It's a verb now. Yeah, right. right. Okay, it yeah. absolutely is. Right, just doing his own thing. Uh-huh. But this, you know, the vocal fits. It's got that little kind of going round, round, round thing. Yeah. In there. This feels like it's had a bit more time and care spent with the production of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's different levels in the production. Um, you know, for me, it, it feels like okay, this is them showing a bit more restraint. And rather than just going, I'm playing super fast, so look at what we can do. Mm-hmm. Actually, this, you know, this kind of hits some notes with me, you know? Right, I mean, this doesn't sound like the sixth form band that they, they did on track two, for example. No, exactly This that. is a, a This is a real big tune. 
Yeah, I think you know this. This sounds like this. This sounds you know. It sounds like a a professional band, a fully formed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, you yeah. know, for me, it's you know, it's very different to the rest of the stuff. Right. Okay. You know, I was worried by this point that we were. It was just going to be a lore diminishing these kind of you know no, these kind of wary funk tunes with way too much organ in there. Right. Um, but no, this is this is nice. You know, and I like this kind of big the the, uh, the big shoegaze break that comes right towards yeah. the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, everything's a bit sparse, and yeah, you know, it, I think there's a confidence with this song. Uh, that they're not trying to rush through it they're not trying to get to the chorus not trying to get to the hook yeah there's letting this this groove flow on and it's it's, it's almost like it, there's waves of it coming in and going out and they're willing to go with it yeah yeah I love uh, it. yeah no I, I really like this one this one's uh, you know it's my it's my favorite new one for me that Fine. I've heard so far. So yeah, I re- you know, re- really really like this one. Um, yeah, know, don't don't have a huge amount. Of, I don't really have any criticism of it. Okay, yeah, and it is. It's a six and a half minute song, but it doesn't feel like it goes on too long. No, that's it. And when it started playing, I was like, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, my pen was twitching to mm. write. Oh, this is going to be too long, you no. know. And it wasn't. No, I I'm perfectly fine. But it's one of those ones. It's not. That this is going to be a poor uh, comparison because it's not like a My Bloody Valentine song. It's not no. at that level. It's not like fucking like a Mogwai thing. Yeah, it's or a spiritual. Spiritual. Song, exactly. Yeah. It's not like that. It's a. It's a a far poppier and cleaner version sure. of those. But it that it has the same I think intentions behind it that it just lets it go and that they find a groove. They're almost jamming at this point. They're probably off their face on drugs. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds to me like this is they've had a night out, one of the best nights out they can have is with their teenage mates, and they have been running around, the, you know, find themselves on a beach at dawn and the sun's coming up, yeah. and they're all just lying down thinking, we're young and invincible, never going to grow old and die, and the sun comes up and this song is playing. It's that sort of feel to me. Fair enough. I yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. I th- yeah. I think that's a, a, a good analogy for it. Mm. A, yeah, certainly like that one. I'll, I'll definitely revisit this song. Yeah, yeah. And I think it shows that they've obviously got a little bit of psychedelia some in their yeah, in their references. I mean, they do. You know, obviously, you know, you got you can't. That's not really a surprise if you've got fucking Hammond organ. But right. This is showing their influences that they're not just doing what their influences do. Yeah. They've taken it and done a bit of their own thing. Absolutely. That. And I also like because again, I'm not sure what the lyrics are. You know, no. it's not it's not straightforward again. But throughout the song, there is a there's a, a positivity to the lyrics mm-hmm. um, because he says, at the end of each chorus, he says something like, you know, going round, round, round. The sensation I find again, I won. You yeah, know, I won. And then at the very end, the last line is, I fucking won. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guess you could read that two, one or two ways. You, mm. could need, you could read it a bit more partridge as well, couldn't you? <laughs> Needless to say, I had the last <laughs> laugh. Right? You could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm choosing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I think this is youthful exuberance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're smiling so... You won't be able to hear this. He's smiling so much. You love this song. I love this song. Yeah, yeah. I really do. This is it, again. I haven't heard this in ages. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember it from the time, and also they released a version of it on one of their best ofs, uh, a kind of a remixed version called Opportunity Three, mm-hmm. and I remember that as well. I'm going, up. I remember when that came out? I was like, fuck, I forgot about this song. Mm-hmm. And again, I'd forgotten about this song, and yeah, just love it. But have you forgotten about Dre? <laughs> Never. He would kill me. Exactly. Fucking would as well. <laughs> right. So okay. Well, there you go. Track four is a success for both of us. I feel. 
Cool. I agree with you completely. Should we take a break from this album for a minute then, Krista? Indeed. Right, let's have a look and see what was going on in the the rest of the album chart. Well, mm-hmm. this was number one. And like I said at the beginning, this was only a number one album for one week. So we're not looking at a, a long period of time sure. in this. So there's going to be fewer changes than it normally would be. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. We, we've seen some of these before. Uh, so let's, let's, let's race through this anyway. Number 10 this week uh, is Elton John's Sleeping in the Past. Okay. Which we've done. That. We've done. Number nine, Iron Maiden, No Prayer for the Dying. Okay. So, again, I'm not the Maiden fan in this room. Yeah. Is that a full album? That's a full album. It's yeah. a full album, okay. Any good? Um, it's, I, it's is not, there anything on that I would know? It's not one of my favourite ones. I've tried it's it's not. Right, because what's the one that comes out next in 91? Is that Fear of the Dark? Fear of the Dark. That's 92, is 92, it? is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, so. that's probably the next hang one. On, right? Hang on, No Prayer for the Dark. I think it's the one with Bring the Door on it, isn't it? Oh, that would make sense. Let's have a look. Tail Gunner, Holy Smoke, No Prayer for the Dying, Public Enema, number one. Jesus. Fate's <laughs> Wing. Yeah, bring, bring your daughters on there. Okay. Yeah. The Assassins, Run Silent, Run Deep, Mother Russia. It's not a, a made album I ever reach for, let's put it that way. In that case, this is this not this album, because I've never, still never heard this album, but Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter would have been my, the first thing I ever heard of Iron Maiden that I knew was Iron Maiden. Right. Because I heard the Lucas ad, I'd, I'd heard Phantom of the Opera. Okay. But whatever, I think it was, no, that's what I call music, 10 or something like that came out, and it had Bring Your Daughter on there. So I heard it because of that, and I immediately thought, this is dreadful. This is absolute nonsense. I mean, look, bring your daughter to the slaughter is not the most defensible. <laughs> yeah. It's not the most defensible Iron Maiden song. Right? Mm. I mean, look, if we get too deeply into, oh, no, into Iron Maiden, yeah. our friend John Mines is going <laughs> to at us on the internet yeah. again. He's just going to be angry all over again. But it is look, bollocks. Oh, I, mean, I remember the video for it being on top of the pops. I think it was just like lots of kind of old 50s movies, uh, stuff like I that. I don't, don't remember the video. Uh, and it's bollocks. I'm fine with people disagreeing with me because people like Iron Maiden for some reason. Well, look, man, you like the Charlatans. Yeah, um, so, true enough. I mean, that's that's the world we're living in. We're yeah. living in a world where I'm perfectly happy with being the guy that likes Iron Maiden more than the Charlatans, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And you're perfectly happy with being the guy that likes the Charlatans more than Iron Maiden. Indeed. I'll, I'll um, wear that badge. And, you know, one of one of those bands can go anywhere in the world and play fucking stadiums, and the other one is the Charlatans. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, mate. We'll see. But the Charlatans don't have to play Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter at any of their shows. And neither do I made it. I've enough. never seen I made play Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. <laughs> never. Oh, and I've seen I made at least 10 times. I'm sure. All right, well, that, yeah, number nine. So I, I, I suspect that probably went in higher and dropped down because Maiden fans would have got that higher than nine. Maybe. Um, I don't know, but yeah, that would I mean, be my guess. The other Iron Maiden stuff seems to be in at like three. Yeah, it normally does, doesn't yeah. it? It normally does. Let's have, a, let's have a look at the chart position. Uh, yeah, it went in at number two. But that would make sense knowing what I know about my Maiden and their, their chart. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So presumably, I wonder, what, I wonder what it kept it off then. What did we just do last? Could have been George Michael? Uh, maybe. Or yeah. Pavarotti, one of those. I fucking don't imagine that. Yeah. Who's, who's got the most operatic voice? Uh, quite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Pavarotti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, number eight is The Shadows Reflection. And again, I suspect that's the best of. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll care nothing know, about. My, my dad likes The Shadows. Yeah. Oh, you have to give them respect for writing Apache, which, you know, almost invented hip hop. So The Shadows yeah. have this foothold in hip-hop that uh, is a weirder thing well I mean did Apache 
uh, invent the hip hop or did that version of that? Oh, of course. Come on. Of right. course. But without one, you don't know the other. It's, you know, it's yeah, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You know? But I mean, like, you know, hip hop isn't created off of that version of Apache. No. No, that would be a very different. That'd be a very different hip hop, <laughs> wouldn't it? Indeed. Right, then, then Michael Bolton's Soul Provider, which we've had. Yeah. Then In Excess, X. Mm. So the follow-up to Kick, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's one that had Suicide Blonde on That's it. That's the one. And yes. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I don't Devil don't, Inside. Yeah. No, Devil Inside's on the first one. It's on Kick. On Kick. Yeah. Uh, what's the one? Never, never tear us apart. On that was that. Uh, you know what? I can't remember. I, what's what's the one? It's like Earth eyes and misty streets are blue. What's that one? Um, that's Mystify. That's Mystify. Yeah. I think, All right. I think Mystify and Suicide Blonde then are on this one. Disappears the other big single. On okay, it. right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's the two big singles on it. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, no, Disappear was a fucking big tune as well. I don't remember it. Oh, you know, all my problems, all my fears. And oh the yeah. World oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. That's a great song. D- did you know this album at the time? Um, I didn't have it. it was it, again. Mm. It, it was on. The, it was an album that I would have liked to have had, mm. um, but no one I knew had it. So and and, and yeah, my budget went somewhere else. Of course, but but you know the singles I really really loved. Oh, the singles were brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, I had kick obviously, but right, I didn't own this, but I didn't have to because uh, my stepdad bought it. Mm. He was an Australian, and also kick was just so huge that everyone had that, and it was a big one in our house. Yeah. And so whenever this one came out, it was bought on basically day release. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised it didn't go in higher. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be where it was. It was never number one. I don't even remember being two or three. It seems strange to me that the charlatans would outsell in excess, mm. but I guess that gives gives you a picture of how big this record was. At yeah, and it's entirely possible as well that this stayed up, you know, four or five for weeks, selling and that is true. More, more, and the charlatans definitely did not. Exactly. The next one, Van Morrison's Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Which I don't give two fucks about. I'll be honest. No, I don't care either. And maybe I'm completely wrong with Van Morrison, but I've just ne- I've never delved in. And whenever I've uh, you know, obviously I know there's some big you know, you know the big ones, of course. We all know Brown Eyed Girl. We all know Moon Dance. Yeah, but sure. I, I I think the thing of it was I think someone I knew had had some personal dealings with Van Morrison. Oh right, yeah. I don't I don't even remember the story, but I just I, I just had it in my mind that he's a contemptible prick. Oh, he's a legendary contemptible yeah, prick. Yeah, and I and but everyone I, from, who's ever worked with him. Yeah, from like a first hand basis though, right. or a second hand basis. So I, I think that's just that's just put me off. Oh, it, it does me too. Um, he, he is just known as a, an absolute power hungry arsehole. <laughs> power hungry arsehole. A parcel. <laughs> a parcel. Yeah. Is that, is that like a rissol with parsley? <laughs> yes. Vegan. I think it's right. just how fast uh, Harrison Ford flew the Millennium Falcon, isn't it? No, don't start. Don't, don't get like, into With my bad Star Wars. No, I less, don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, you've, you've embarrassed yourself. I think I have. Okay, moving on. George Michael's Listen by Prejudice is at number four. Mm-hmm. Three tenors in concert is at number three. And number two is status quo's rocking all over the years. Of course it is, mate. Course and and it you is. tell you what, I'm happy with that. I am not. <laughs> I was I, I fucking had this conversation with so many people uh-huh. about what a great band status quo are. Yep. And I got dragged along to see them. Dragged, yep. Download, yeah, yep. And download, yeah. And yeah, everyone was having a, a great time. <laughs> and I was standing there going, This is dog shit. I remember because I was just in my element, loving every minute yeah. of it. And I would occasionally turn around to you standing behind me and you'd have face like fucking thunder. <laughs> oh, dog shit. The, the, the main thing I was worried about, right, was mm. that 
our friend Craig was going to get us beaten up as well. Because <laughs> oh, do, yeah. do you remember at the start of every oh. at the start of every song, he would just shout "Sweet Caroline." Yeah, right? <laughs> and there, there were some really angry-looking people. Indeed, yeah. And, I, and you know, Craig Craig's built like a human fucking killing machine, mm. right? But I was like, oh no, there's going to be a riot here and we're going to get caught up. Well, it was more like, he'll be able to handle himself, but we're going to have to get involved. <laughs> Out of, you know, loyalty. <laughs> and because of status quo. I mean, can you imagine getting yeah. in a fight? So, how did you break people? your arm? Well, I was at this status quo gig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the top 10. And again, because we're only looking at one week of the year, the only album I could say that was released at this point that is of any worth to talk about was Ride Nowhere okay so I mean again I'm talking about a bit of shoegaze I enjoyed Ride I really did I think they've got some absolutely brilliant songs and I think they went very off the boil after the first couple of albums but this period Ride is really cool yeah again didn't really listen to them right at the time yeah I mean this would be a a prime album that yeah you know, I kind of almost wish this had been a number one because right to get it had into been a reason. No, I don't think I've ever heard the album. Right, okay. In fact, I don't. I don't think, honestly speaking, that I could tell you what a ride song is, and I'm sure there must be oh, at least knows, one that I've heard yeah. loads and oh, loads of times. Yeah. What's the What's the big single? The I've big heard? single would be "Leave Them All Behind." I'd say. Couldn't tell you how that goes. I remember just at this period of time as well, um, the ride and the charlatans were very often paired together as similar acts and similar bands but that was a lot of that was because Tim Burgess looked quite a lot like uh, Mark Gardner from Ride but Mark Gardner Ride were this intellectual Oxford based uh, kind of nice clean cut not clean cut but boys that you would take home to your mum interesting art student boys and the Charlottes were the Scallies right okay you know that was the difference yeah and you know I mean yeah, I mentioned the whole kind of professional northerner thing mm-hmm. earlier. The other thing I really have a problem with in indie music is the, the the art school twat. I mean, you know my feelings on Damon Albarn. I certainly do. Um, we will investigate my feelings on Damon Albarn in depth That's later on. At some this. point, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, that kind of yeah that kind of art school pretentiousness mm. like and the kind of the absolute working class cultural appropriation of a man like that right makes me angry in ways that very few things that aren't directly personal <laughs> yeah. do and, and, and on a side note you might just heard my phone go off in the background uh-huh, there, yeah. and uh, I think you'll quite enjoy this oh, um, Lisa Brazier uh, oh, yeah. has just messaged me and said things I learnt today on my morning commute like a prayer is about blowjobs oh. <laughs> you see educating the masses and literally that's what she's replied I said down on my knees I'm going to take you there it's not even subtle when she's replied I've never given it a second thought I appreciate the education yeah. <laughs> see <laughs> there you go this is, it. this is it we shouldn't just be in the music charts we should be in the, the science charts as well I reckon nice yeah uh, yeah, I think we should as well. Yeah, we should. We should definitely be in the science charts. I sure, think. Yeah, sure. that's the way we should be. Right. Okay. So that's that's it. That, for the, that's it for albums. That's all we got. Anything else of note come out this week? Or uh, no. In in the US, the number one single was James Ingram's "I Don't Have the Heart," and I could not tell you what song. Who the fuck is James, James Ingram? Uh, was one of the ones on "Yam Will Be There." Uh, yeah, will be there with uh, Doobie Brother Book. Michael McDonald with Michael McDonald. Oh, was he? I don't, James Ingram, Michael McDonald. Yeah. You know what? Some of that MOR stuff, I've got quite a big. Well, mate, 
blind spot for I couldn't have told you any James Ingram songs at all this was apparently a number one in the States and of course the number one album is still MC Hammer's Please Hammer Not Hammer well, yeah, yeah this is no shift in that yeah, exactly not yeah I mean like even yeah, even step by step by you because on the block couldn't fuck with it nah, it's, it, it, it's, it's literally like three or four months that's at number one that's interesting actually like if you're looking at the US charts that Hammer thing that is the beginning of pop music in America changing forever right okay right up till this yeah. point and presumably that is also one of the first times a hip hop in inverted commas album was uh, like world beating at number one well yeah I mean I think you know before that came out Tone Lokes uh, Lokes After Dark was the biggest hip hop album in the world uh-huh. obviously Young MC had a bit of a run for a minute you know and obviously the whole R&B swing beat genre yeah was was throwing it out kind of. Well, there, there were big albums, big records, big, yeah, and big bars. Yeah, in terms of in terms of hip hop, the Hammer thing, and then Vanilla Ice afterwards. Yeah. That's what really it was a turns turning the point. But you know, then you fast forward. You know, you, you fast forward to like you know nineteen ninety one, and you've got like Naughty by Nature having right, okay, and, sure. and and you get through that early kind of pop stage, mm. and then actual hip hop starts. Right, so it's a gateway. Hammer's, oh, without Hammer a doubt, without that, you know, and it open was, the door. I mean, it was a, you know, it's a gateway for all of us in yeah. a way. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I've, I've like I said, we talked about this before. I've got that Hammer record up. Yeah, um, I loved, you know, I loved uh, Ice Ice Baby when it came out. Yeah. Um, by then, I've probably got and probably listened to NWA. You know, oh, as you well. were, you were, yeah. But it's it, but it dated very quickly and dated, but in, in in a way that pop music sometimes does. It was it, it hit uh, a note at the time. But very quickly, other things came to surpass it. Exactly. Hmm. Okay, but yeah, no, that's all we've got uh, really for for this time, this period in albums. So back into the Charlatans, yeah. Yes, indeed. Track number five. Uh, track number five is then, which was the second single released off this album, and this is the one that came out immediately before the album release. Pretty nice riff. It is, yeah, absolutely. Nice little groove going on. Mm-hmm. And see, this is one of the biggest examples of where I just really just don't like the vocal thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't yeah. jive with that vocal at all. It just does okay. nothing for me. Like kind of cuts the song short as, as far as like, I'm I'm into it up until that vocal comes in and I'm like ah oh, no yeah that's that, how that takes you over completely oh, on that's a shame because again I'm totally fine with the vocal I think it fits perfectly I think it's uh, it's another good Charlotte tune but I like what he does on it I I do think that it works for me right okay and look this lyric this I'm in a phenomena you see right I've got a note by that now now is this ironic or is this megalomaniacal there's a few moments in this record where the, there are lyrics like that and I'm like okay are you? is this being delivered with some level of irony or mm-hmm. is this you being a fucking swaggering Gallagher prick right okay because one of those things I've got time for and one of them I just genuinely don't oh, I, outside I think, of hip hop okay I well because I'll be honest I haven't even thought of the the option that he was doing it to say deliberately I am phenomenal rather than phenomenal I hadn't thought of that right. but now you said it I think he actually may well be mm. but I'm fine with that 
That's, I think you're projecting a Gallagher thing on that. Am I? I think you are. I'm not saying that. I'm asking. Oh, that I question. see. Oh, in that case, no. I do think. I think you're probably right that he has said it because well, the, the whole song. I think it's about you did something to me, like you bullied me in some way, or you were down on me. But I'm rising above it, okay. and I'm better than you. And you, you can't hurt me because I'm better than this now. And whatever you think you have over me, you're wrong. Okay, well, so I think it's that. Okay, well, that's a you know that's a, I, I no issue with that as a sentiment, right? Sure, sure. you know, of course I don't. Yeah, I but, think it's a, a blossoming. Okay, well, that's I mean, that's, that's absolutely fine. But either way, though, there's this this thing that they do. If you've got these uh, these open power chords mm-hmm. that they're using as a transition. And I hate that. Oh yeah. I really don't like that. It just doesn't. Again, it's, again, it's purely backing at that kind of that's that six form. Okay. Six form band thing that I've. It just reminds me of that like bad bands I saw in Mr. Bumbles. Okay, right. Like, that's sure. what it reminds me of. And like Hammond organ solos are a tricky thing. Yes. Okay. Right? Yes. You know the Hammond organ in and of itself. I mean, I there's some really good classic rock that I like that's got it in of course. there. You know, like there was that there was that clutch record where they yeah. had the you know the, But when I was listening to the solo on this, I was straight back Arnold Rimmer, Reggie Wilson territory. <laughs> I, I, Reggie Wilson's twenty greatest Hammond hits. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I, to me, the Hammond solo on this is risible. To be honest, I think this is a good song. I don't think it's a great song. I I liked it a lot more at the time I because think, it, because it was new to me and fresh. Okay. But going back to it. It's okay. I think this is an objectively bad song. Oh, do you? All right, no, I, I, I would disagree with that, but I have a lot of baggage with it. It's got a really nice central riff that is thrown away. I think. I think there are wasted opportunities in this song, mm-hmm. uh, but I think overall, it's still. Let's say for me, it's still a six out of ten. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm nowhere. It's not a, a zero or a one, but it's a two. Okay, me. right. It's it's a second tier. Charlatan song for me, but I still think the second tier is all right. Yeah, I um no, I mean I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Fine, no, that's, that's okay. Um, and I'm very surprised it's a single. You see, I can, I do see that. This, I think it's because it's, I think it's it's catchy and poppy in a way that somewhat like opportunity isn't. You're not very well, isn't? You couldn't do those as singles. But I don't, I don't think this is catchy. All oh, right, I do. I do. I, see, I, 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 I just don't see that it doesn't catch me at all and I love right. a good pop hook oh of course um, but I don't I just I just don't see it in this song at right. all I, mean, I suppose also I'm, I'm also coming at it that if you think about the fact they didn't want to have more than one single on an album they had this pretentiousness about them and a preciousness about yeah. we're, like, we're, we're not a singles band or whatever it is I can see that they would be happy to release a song that isn't an instant pop hit as a single because they're like no this is what we're about yeah. uh, and while the only one I know is a massive pop song yeah. and this this isn't so much mm-hmm. I can see that they would be totally fine with going no this is actually more like what we are as a Charlotte and so on putting it as a single and also realistically it's it's either this or White Shirt as the other single there's Jeez, not really another single Christ. Yeah. that's the thing as well Okay, well, I think we disagree a fair degree mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. Um, but okay, so the next track, uh, next track, right, is uh, one hundred and nine part two, which is a kind of an instrumental interlude sort of thing. Um, I'll play a bit of this. I'll, I'll sort it a bit in because it's just kind of a, a massive noises. 
Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of samples in this, which was, you know, De Rigueur at the time, I yeah. suppose. Uh, you know, it, it's very, very sparse, kind of, a, yeah. you know, kind of Look, I got a minute and 20 seconds into this one, uh-huh. and I just wrote, this is fucking pointless. It, it is pretty pointless. I will give you that for sure. And the thing is, I'm talking, as you know, as a Tool fan, right? Right. So I am no uh-huh. stranger to an oblique, atonal instrumental, right? Yeah. Okay. But this one, it just, it builds a bit, I suppose, right? Yeah. But I just don't understand what they're trying to do with it. And I don't understand how it in any way goes with what the rest of this record is. No, I don't think it does. It's like, so, like does. A, what, is this a Pink Floyd moment for you or something? Right, this yeah. Is, this feels an awful lot like someone trying to fill some space in a record. Definitely. And the thing is, they admitted, post this album coming out in interviews, that some of these songs were absolute filler because it was yeah. put out so soon after they formed and they didn't have enough songs to, to do a whole album. And so they say, yeah, there's some that we wouldn't have put on there if we didn't have to. That is very much my impression of this record. I would be happy with this not being on there. I don't think it needs to be. It doesn't doesn't advance it. doesn't do anything. Yeah. I suspect what happened is, because there's that little riff in the middle of it where... They play that for a while with other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just had that riff and couldn't put a song together around it, so they were like, well, this will do. I mean, save it for the next record, boys. Well, yeah. A waste of everyone's time. Yeah, now, absolutely, think. absolutely. So skip that one. Track seven, then, is called Polar Bear. Yes. Now, I was not expecting this. No. This is in- entirely out of place with the sound of the album. But uh, this, to me, it sounds like kind of decent 80s pop. Oh, okay, yeah. I was, I, was, I was like, okay, I like this. But I've got to admit, the thought that's in my mind is, they're going to fuck this up in a minute. Uh-huh. Right? And then, fuck it up, they did. They <laughs> start throwing in the weird noises, don't they? Yeah. Like, and... Okay, so you're messing with this. Okay, maybe you're corrupting the form. Let's see what you've got. And then by the time the vocal starts, it's used up all of its goodwill for me. Okay, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'll be amazed that you had any goodwill from the intro of this. I liked it. I was like, oh, this is this I'm is surprised. Fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, this sounds fun. What are they going to do with this? I reckon if they'd have given this to EMF, mm-hmm. uh, EMF could have done some good shit with right, it. Sure. I like the way we were made. Matey from EMF had to do I, I, I have my notes. This is like their Jesus Jones-esque. Yes. Yeah, that sort of thing. It is. It's not a Charlotte song. For, for me, this is my, you know, I mean, obviously I have got a conception of what a Charlotte song is. Uh-huh. But, you know, going into this record, I mean, you know, maybe that's part of their thing. I don't know, you know. So, um, right. This is a, an example where the dour vocal that he puts over, it just totally pulls it. Mm-hmm. This is not a song that is suited to his aesthetic. Right, okay. Specifically. Okay, sure. Um, and, I mean, there's a lyric in there, the one about the bag of revels. Yeah. That's a shit lyric. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that is. I mean, that is. That is and when he goes, I'm looking for the orange one. The orange one is the worst one in the bag of revels. I know. I mean, it's why a, would you look for that? Un- unless it's to throw it in the bin. Yeah, or, but, or stamp it out of existence. Yeah, my God. No, it, it's a very strange line. And it, it does, it stands out that line when you're looking through it. You go, all right, this is a particularly specific reference as yeah. well. But it doesn't fit with anything else. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it is a jarring thing. Oh, but I think this is a jarring song. Well, I mean, for me, I you know, I just put uh, this seems to me like a masterclass of in ruining a song. 
Right. You start start off with something that, that shows some promise and then every layer you add on top of it just devalues it and makes it worse. You know, this is, like you say, this is a band that's only just formed. Mm-hmm. They're finding their feet, they're finding out what their sound is, what mm-hmm. they're doing, and fair enough to them for trying something else. But, I mean, I don't know in the albums that follow if there's anything else like this. No. But this is this no. is a failed experiment. Well, they've also said, uh, post-release on this, that this is one of the songs they do not like the production on. Um, you know, I guess it being their first four mm. this, they probably had the label and the producer going, let's just try this. You know, let's just mm. see what happens. And they went with it, but they have gone back and said they do not like this one. Sure. And, you know, again, like, objectively as a piece of music, I, I quite like the way the start of it is produced. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't. But then it, then it goes off. It doesn't sound like them. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like them at all. The EMF comparison is a very good one. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. I wonder if we had to do an EMF album and this was on it, I might be a lot more amenable to it. Yeah. But I, I really dislike this song. Okay. I, I mean, think I, this yeah, is I mean, fucking I, dreadful. I mean, I put, I hate this. It's right. Like, it's like a masterclass in Ruin and a Song. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's what I've got. I, I, there's not, not a bit about this I like. Okay. It's one of these ones, I bet you if you gave me this album and you didn't put this song on there, if you taped it for me and left this off, I would be totally happy. And then if you then went, oh, sorry, mate, I forgot to put this one on, I'd go, you're joking. What, yeah. what is this? This is not the same album. I would not believe you that this was on if I didn't know it. Mm. it. It seems a very strange choice and the wrong choice for me. But yes, there we go. We're both not fans of that one. Lovely stuff. So track eight is Believe You Me. So we're back in white boy funk territory. But this is, for me, by far the closest they've got to the cliche that everyone threw at them. Yeah. That they're just a stone and a flip off. This sounds so generic. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I'm okay with that. It was 1990, a lot of bands were doing it. You know, I have specific songs that sound a bit like this that I like from that time. Yeah. You know, there's a 530 song I really like. There, there's various um, world of twist sort of songs I like that sound yeah. a bit like this but this is if you imagine someone like French and Saunders did a Madchester sketch yeah it would sound like this I mean like didn't you know didn't Newman and Badil like Wearing White House Experience actually do stuff like this yeah, probably yeah so yeah I mean that's yeah I mean like, this is this is obvious it's got a particularly particularly offensive organ solo in this <laughs> Yeah, is that before or after the, the bass guitar breakdown that they do in a lot of Stone Roses? Well, songs? yeah, I literally put it, okay, it's got the fool's gold bridge to drop, right? Yeah. And that's what it's got, right? But instead of going into when fool's gold goes into that just fucking ridiculous beat, yeah. and like it's just the coolest fucking sound in the world, yeah. it goes in, uh, again, this working man's club cabaret, do yeah. you know what I mean? Someone's in a sparkly suit, there's an Elvis impersonator on next, <laughs> you know? Like, I've just got this picture of the keyboard player, right? Uh-huh. Somewhere in the West Midlands, uh-huh. right? He's grown up, and from a very young age, someone, his, probably his mum has made him take piano lessons. Okay, yeah. Right? Now, I've got a picture that he's got one of those big Yamahas with two keyboards in it in oh, the cool. front room. It uh-huh. takes pride of place, and he, he's made to practice at it every day, right? Yeah. Family gatherings, people gather around, he plays the entertainer. Okay, right? sure. And then he's Take just going like, girl. he's like, okay, well, I've learned all of this stuff. 
So let's do all of this all the time. Because right. the guy can play. I mean, he's very, oh, yeah. very, very good at playing the Hammond organ. Yes. But that's a poison chalice, isn't it? Right. It's like, mate, tone it down. But yeah, indeed. Um, but the thing is, that because it was such a big part of the Charlotte and Sound, they were never going to tone it down. Because that was their thing. Yeah, but it's but the, when it works, it's when it's simple and atmospheric. Sure. When it when he goes full lead, the, the Hammond organ should never be a lead instrument in a rock band. It's rare that that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say that should be a rule. Oh, as <laughs> a dog farted. Christ Almighty! <laughs> oh my God! Has he farted? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Right, come here. Oh, Lord. Oh, that, that, was, that was sudden and brutal. Come on. <laughs> I think you might have to go outside. Oh, it just took me by such surprise. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was one of the funniest oh. things I've seen. Oh, wow. A nuclear bomb that was. I mean, I didn't even smell it. I mean, it must have, I must have got it all. <laughs> Sucked it right in. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. You're saying about the keyboard player, he was called Rob Collins. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was his life of having to learn the keyboard that made him help friend Robin off license in 1992 and gets into prison for four months. Oh, fuck off, really? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, in 1992? 1992, yeah. He but surely he must have had money at that point. Uh, well, he claims that he was just waiting for he didn't know it was going to be a robbery he was waiting for his friend in the car he was the driver right and he said he didn't know his friend was going in to rob this off license until he heard a shot and his friend came back out right uh, so he pleaded to some lesser charge of aiding a criminal with a shotgun or whatever it is right. and he, that's why he only got four months but he was an accessory to uh, an armed robbery Jesus in 92 yeah when they were in the middle of Massive tour, you know. I was at Reading '92, my first Reading. Yeah. They were second headline on yeah. one of the stages, and so they were huge at this point. Yeah, I mean, who did they draft in to do the? Uh, well, at that point, I think, I think again, I was drunk for the whole time, so I'm not sure. But I suspect he played at Reading. You know, he probably would have done because it was committed in '92. He was, I don't think he went to prison until '93. Right. So he did that. Because uh, that's, that's a difficult thing to replace, isn't it? A Hammond organ player. Well, they eventually did have to because he died in 1996. Oh, did he? Really? He died in a car crash. Fuck me, he didn't have yeah. a lot of luck, did he? No, he really didn't. He died in a car crash, and for that was in the middle of recording one of their big albums, and they got uh, the guy from Primal Screaming to do keyboards for right. the rest of the recording on that. I think he did a lot of the live stuff as well for a while. Okay, fair enough, mate. Think, yes. Didn't get Reggie Wilson in? No. Or uh, Richard Hammond. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Speaking of uh, organs that are unpopular. Oh, <laughs> oh you've just moved the podcast into Top Gear. Oh, well. Uh, uh, right, uh, where okay. are we now? So, we, yeah, that was track eight. So we might as well take another wee break because we've only got a few left to go yeah. and have a look at the singles chart. We've got some biggies in here, we really do. We've got some that we've seen before, so we can skip through those, but we've got some, well, I would say some quality, that would be a lie. Okay. <laughs> we've got some big songs, is what we've got. Nice. Number 10. Okay. Right? And, and this is fucking dreadful. I remember this coming out. I'm being oh, aghast. Yeah. 
this tape in. Oh my god. I'm glad I put this tape in for a start. I'm glad I put this tape in. <laughs> yeah, I'm a... Look at the stars in the sky. Is this, this, this is, have you seen her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, was this the immediate, not immediate, this is the next song after Can't Touch This, was it? Um, I think he did, yeah, because what was the single? Can't Touch This. Pray. Yeah, Pray. Um, I mean, there were a number of singles off this that album. such bollocks. Oh, it's awful, mate. It's just, it's insipid cack. But in the same vein, was this the same year that... LL Cool J did I Need Love no that was much earlier that, that was, was like 1988 I think was it yeah, right yeah I think so just in terms of yeah because no, this, this, this is the album this is the year that uh, LL put out uh, Mama Said Knock You Out that's true okay yeah so yeah no, this, oh, this was previous. but fuck me it's wishy-washy shit oh it's awful but it was a big hit for him wasn't it I mean that's number 10 is the original was Chai Lights who's the original uh, I think it's Chai Lights yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah indeed uh but let's please move on because that's so bad. Number nine is Pet Shop Boys. So hard. I don't remember this one. I didn't either. But I'll skip to the bit. I'll skip. Oh, I remember this. Right, yeah. But yeah, from the title, I was like, mm, no, I don't know. Number nine. I'd love to see the Pet Shop Boys. They would be good. They would be good. Yeah, you know, one of these years they're gonna play Pride Surely when you go. They must do. Yeah, surely they would. They didn't do festival either time you were there. I've never been to festival. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a good tune. It's not their best tune, but it's still a goodie. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I forgot about, completely about this song's existence, but it's, yeah. it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's not like you say, it's not one of the best ones. But, but yeah, I remember this chorus. Yes, exactly. That's a quality one. Yeah, quality. brilliant. Uh, number eight is New Kids on the Block with Let's Try It Again and Didn't I Blow Your Mind. Oh, yeah, we don't need to hear that. No, we really do not. Right, number seven. No. Y- you'll remember this. Let's see if you, you can get who it is. 24-7, kick it one time. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen. Mike, you No, no, no. I mean, kick it one time. He, he did just give the game away a little bit, but... It's me, yeah, I'm Hollywood, the down MC I'm up on the mic, doing what you like I'm just rocking to the beat of the early light I mean, There's nothing one night in song No, this is this What is this? Uh, hello Discrimination, I can't stand It's I Can't Stand It A 24-7 featuring Captain Hollywood oh, Do you know what, I, like, I'm not remembering this I, I, oh, really? I, remember, I, remember, I remember Captain Hollywood Uh-huh but this, I, I think I've, I think I've blocked this from my mind. Total arse, such a oh for sure nonsense. Man. It's like just kind of sub CNC music factory. Exactly, yeah. that's exactly what it is. They heard CNC music factory do something good, and they went, oh, that can't be that difficult. Yeah. Oh wait, break out the Casio beat. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's it's got that oversampled woo yeah thing in the background. Uh-huh. It's got some awful synths in it, um, and. Let's face it, he's not a good rapper. Yeah, it's got that thing where everyone's got the same vocal tones, where it's like just, it's mm. too deep. Yeah. It's too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. It's somewhere between that and snap. Do you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, so that was number seven. Number six is uh, Technotronics Mega Mix, which I oh, remember. Jesus, because yeah. I remember, what was the point in that? Uh, money. It, it was literally, yeah, we put mix. three songs out, let's put all three out in one single. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. 
But I'm fucking number six in the yeah. charts. Uh, number five, though, right? Now you'll know this. We must have been stone crazy when we thought we was, was I out of the country this week or something? <laughs> like, I normally know this. Alright, no, wait, well, wait, wait till we get to the chorus actually on this one. This was around for a while as well. Here we go. Nothing at all. Oh, I remember the chorus. Right, yeah. 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 I've thinking about you. I've been thinking about you as the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, London Beat. London Beat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, uh, number four. You're not going to like this one. I mean, I don't particularly like this, but I think this is probably the best one they did. This was number one for ages as well, I'm sure. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, I fucking hate these cunts. Yeah. Yep. Indeed, uh, that was number four this week. Beautiful South. We're gonna have to listen to one of their albums at some point. They're on the list in this decade. I, I'm not doing it. But it's I, it's one of the ones. I've got a feeling sick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've got a best of which we can ignore. Right. But there's a, um, there's an album we're gonna have to do. I f- I mean like. They're top five worst bands of all time. <laughs> they're awful. They're, they're, are they as bad as the Lighthouse family? I think they are. Um, probably. In a different way, but yeah, probably. Oh, I fucking hate them. Oh, I hate the beautiful South. Right. I hate them, Krista. I can tell you. I can see your face. Oh, my you God. You really do. I mean, I, I like, I'm trying to go into these albums with no preconceptions, <laughs> but I cannot go. No. That's... Uh, if I like it, I'm going to shoot oh, myself. Imagine. Oh, that would be my favourite thing if you go, tell you what, actually, those, those non-single tracks, they're okay. Oh, fuck <laughs> uh, Right, okay, well, that was number four. Number three, I'm not going to bother playing this, Bobby Vinton, Blue Velvet. Number two, mm. and I can tell you're not going to like this already because we've talked about them, but off the stage core album, it's The Anniversary Waltz. Yeah, I'm nothing to say to you, mate. No. <laughs> The thing I love about this is it's loads of old songs in one medley. Oh, yeah. They all just sound like status quo. Of course they do. <laughs> Whatever status quo do, they've made it sound like status quo. I'll tell you what I, what I did think, though. You remember when My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. were the biggest band in the world? Yeah, right? yeah. And there was all this kind of like st- nonsense in the in the media about them being a dangerous band. Oh, and sure, all, okay. and, You know, suicide cults and all this thing. And there was this whole mystique that My Chemical Romance... And they bought that song out called Teenagers. And I listened to that. And oh, it's just right. like... And it just sounds like status quo. Oh, really? I don't remember the song. Because the drugs never work They're gonna give you a smirk Because they got methods of keeping you clean They're gonna Shreds, another cog in the murder machine. They said, I'll say that you're scared the living shit out of me. They can kill us as long as someone will bleed. So talk in your clothes. 
It really just sounds See, like status quo, man. I remember thinking there was a Foo Fighters single that sounded like a status quo song. But number one this week, and this is a fucking belter. This is this is one whenever we do montage nights. Yeah. You know, this is peak montage. Oh my god, isn't it? This is so good. Oh, so my good. God, it's Maria McKay. Yeah. I mean there's there is nothing wrong with this song. This is flawless. Her her vocal is brilliant. The massive crescendos, the breakdown, it's amazing. Let's think about this is the beginning of the beautiful love that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman shared. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Oh, happy times for all. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now Maria Kidmicky, number one. I'm very happy to be able to play that on this. Um, that makes my my day. Nice. Uh, other singles, and again, this is only you know, we've got one week to look at. Peaking at number twelve. Never got high on number twelve. Name this one. Uh, it's a shame by Money Love. Yes, indeed. I'll tell you what, whenever I was playing this over the last couple of days to put it in here, I was amazed at how much of the lyrics I could do without any prompting. Yeah. No. My sister, my sister, tell me what the trouble is. I'm trying to listen in and give the best advice that I can give. So, what's up with you this time? Your honey took a dab and now he's playing with you. And no, this cannot be accepted. The feelings that bring you are misconfected. I mean, I've gone off, but yeah. And I'll be amazed at hearing it that way. It does make me wonder why she didn't do it in an Ulster Ulster accent in the first place. What's wrong with her? Eh? Exactly, mate. She would have... Could have been far less troubled had she done it. Oh, I love that single. Oh, I really did. I, I big soft spot for that. And if, if, if anyone thinks that Chris has sounded a little bit muffled, Raffinets, because he is, of course, wearing a balaclava. <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> that's a fucking oh, tune, man. I love is. that tune. It's a big tune. Yeah, big fan. Oh, big fan of that. Mate, when we do the podcast next time, can mm. we get some of those Tim Westwood buttons? Oh, for sure, we're just like <laughs> bombs and well, air horns. Have some of that shit. No yeah. worries, we'll get a signboard. Add one in there, definitely. Understand that! Done. It's wicked. Um, uh, other singles, I mean, one, I uh, don't necessarily need to play it because it peaked at 80. St. Etienne, Kiss and Makeup. Was okay. that? And that was the first I ever heard of St. Etienne. Really yeah, and me as well. Really liked that. And Carter, The Unstoppable Sex Machine. Peaked at 83 right. this week with any time, any place, anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I would play a bit of it, but the intro goes on for about a minute. Well, let's not bother then. Yeah, so I'm fine. Fair enough. Move ahead. Yeah. So there you go. That's what's uh, singles this week. Cool. Uh, but. Mixed bag, I would say. A very much mixed bag. Yeah. I mean, you're starting with the worst possible MC Hammer song. Yeah. And you're ending up with Maria McKee. <laughs> Let's uh, finish off this Charlatan's album then. We're going into track number nine. Okay, this is going to be... Uh, what's this one called, Krista? This one is called Flower. And how are you spelling that? I'm spelling it as as, as I would pronounce it. F-L-O-W-E-R. I mean, that's not, that's not what you just said, <laughs> mate. Flower. 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 That's what it's called. F-L-A-double-R. <laughs> this one's called Flower. Um, for, all, uh, for anyone listening outside of... <laughs> Their own gene pool. Um, <laughs> You're all twats. Right. <laughs> Let's play a bit of flower. 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of fairly standard issue drab indie, isn't it? What, what this reminds me of is a band playing what they think Pixies song would be. Because this doesn't sound like other Charlatan songs on this album to me, this intro. No. When the organ comes in, it does. Mm-hmm. But this intro, it sounds like uh, an early Pixies number. Just that big, really big thumbed bass. Uh, yeah. And the little drums coming in. And the, the kind of more scratchy guitar. Yeah, it's got that you know, little bit of that kind of sonic youth sure. as well about yeah. it. That that kind of American indie sound. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah, it it just doesn't sound like a song with very many ideas of its own, really. No, um, I've got a note that I don't think this starts well. Uh, I think it starts a little bit flat. It doesn't hook me in, but I really enjoyed the chorus. The chorus lifted this up for me. Mm, I, I haven't made a note of that. I don't, I don't even remember how the chorus goes. Let's see, see if I can can find a wee bit of that. Right, the chorus here. I like this. This is a, a bit of a swell for me. Mm. It's got that line in it as well. It's got another one. Like, I told her I, I am I'm ahead of my time. Or, or no, I told her I am of my time. Okay, yeah. What's that mean? Um, The lyrics of this are beyond me again. Yeah. No, I mean, this is fine, but Mm. it sounds half finished Mm. and it feels like filler to me. Again, we're we're back in that. I I know they've they've said that. This is kind of at the end. This is, you know, track nine, chuck it at the end. This is a bit bland, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's much too long. It almost sounds childish to me. It's. In the chorus, it's like, time to say goodbye, bye to the bad, bad girl. That's not a good line. No. That's not a, a well-phrased line at all. But I like the idea behind it. This song is called Flower, but uh, one of the lines is, don't bring me flowers. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's don't bring me flowers. But it, the idea behind that is, don't feel sorry for me uh, that this relationship has ended, because I know I'm better off out of it. Right. So you know, don't, I don't want your sympathy. I'm okay now that this is over. Yeah, uh, and so I like that the, okay. that imagery I, I get with. But I think in general, the lyrics don't do this one any favors. No, I don't think so. Uh, so okay, let's uh, yeah. yeah, I think move on. Yeah, not too much. So next one's called Sonic. Oh, a lot more upbeat now. It really is. Mm. See, like the, the vocal here works a bit more for me. Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. Um, this song for me, I kind of like half of it, mm-hmm. and I don't like, and I really don't like half of it. And not, it's not that I can go to you. Okay, well, I like this song up to here. Yeah. There are bits and ideas within the song, and I'm like, okay, these are good. And then it will just undercut it with something that I really don't like. Okay. Like, I really, there's that weird lyric about builders and kindness, it just seems really, I, I, it just really annoys I don't me. Understand. Yeah, what, I mean, the, the, the line is, I know some things are better left to die in a coma along with the builders. I don't understand what he's trying to say no, at all. It's, and it, 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 it just seems pretentious. Yeah, exactly. He's forcing that in. Yeah. Because surely he knows that means nothing. Yeah. So just say what you mean. I Yeah, now that does it. You're right. Don't get that. But I, I think the verse bits are 
too kind of country rock for my mm. liking. I, I don't like that. But again, I like it when it gets to the chorus. I like that change. Yeah, I don't, I see, I don't, I, I don't mind the chorus in this. Mm. And I kind of like, the, the, there's just a moment when the organ comes in and it starts off and then it changes slightly. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like it when it starts and then I hate it when it changes. Oh, I see, okay. Um, and there's a lot of that throughout the song. I mean, the one totally indefensible part of the song is at the end of it, there is, there's like a, like it ends on just the drums and it just sounds like Jive Bunny. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play this because I hadn't put that in. <laughs> Let me play the end. Oh yes! Come on, everybody! <laughs> Come on, everybody! <laughs> really does. Uh, well, you know they had some hits that year. Oh, they're an influence. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that on the influence. Maybe oh, Tim Burgess was the voice of Joy Bunny. Fuck me! Oh God! Um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. I love that. Okay, so that this brings us to the last song on the album. Listen, then. Just, oh, so you got some more? No, no, just quickly. And um, this is this is a plea for help to the from the podcast listeners. Okay, right? because there is a bit in that song, and it's the bit where the verse goes into the chorus. That bit there, where it goes from one style into another, reminds me so much of something. And for two days I have been in agony trying to think what it is but there's something that it just brings me back to and I cannot think what it is I at all not bring anything for me straight off the bat no I suspect it might be something from this time okay uh, something with a very very similar keyboard sound that going into the minor key for whatever I don't know what it is could it be the live version of this song <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jive Funny <laughs> could it be Jive Bunny, <laughs> So please, <laughs> Jive Bunny's cooler cousin, Indie Bunny. God's sake! Fucking fawns, Bunny fawns. Oh Christ! <laughs> Fuck's sake! Uh, so yes, if any of the podcast listeners have the same uh, same feeling as me they know that please god let me know I am struggling I really am struggling I'm fucking have struggling have you tickled yourself with your indie I'm funny I've, I've just got the giggles man. I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> fucking twat god's sake alright okay uh, but you know I've got nothing else really on that one alright cool so next one it's final track on the album yep. and it's called Sproston Green is that is this presumably some part of the West Midlands or? oh I have no idea Something. didn't even look it up okay no all I know is that this is a massive live favourite. This is one of their signature live tunes. Yep. Yeah. Another big long intro. Mm-hmm. So it's born to be wild then. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's very good actually. That is what that was, wasn't it? That's exactly what wow. it is. <laughs> Get out on the highway. Well, there you go. So yeah, this is this is the closer for the album. Yeah, I mean, this has got a really really good stomp to it. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it builds. You know, I mean, it's it's a little bit formulaic. It's verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Absolutely. But then it builds into this nice instrumental breakdown jam. Real jam. That it ends out on. Um, this is probably my second or third yeah. well, it's definitely one of my favourite tracks on the album 
Okay. Yeah, this is... Cool, I, I, cool. Yeah, this is... I would say this is one of three tracks on this record that I would say that I genuinely actually, you were actually really okay. like. Um, Good, okay. I do think the Born to be Wild thing is quite funny, particularly in light of the Deep Purple thing as well. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, there's a bit more dad rock in the charlatans on than I would have expected. Oh, I'll tell you what, in... It's not necessarily at the forefront in this album, but some of their later stuff, it's very... There, there's MOR tinges. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, I mean, I think one of their kind of mid-2000 albums was almost pure Americana. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was bollocks. Well, yeah. I, I will never hear it. No, no, you never will. It's fine. You're happier. Uh, I think this is a brilliant closure, though. I think this is a good way to end the album because, like you say, at some point, there is just this big jam where everyone's going for it. Yeah. So it's, you know, this is... Bam, 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 this is the band, and it's a, it's a nice, upbeat way, way yeah, to go Yeah, I mean, I, I think it absolutely works as a good way to end the album. Mm-hmm. I think I'd have personally, if I was tracking it, I'd have put it earlier on, mm-hmm. um, because I think the, the album maybe needed a bit of that kind of... Right. right. But, you know, this record is not being aimed at, at me, necessarily. You know, it's no, not like, no, that is true. Um, and, you know, yeah, no, no I re- really like this one. I thought it ended strongly. For me, I really enjoyed revisiting this. It's been a long time, a long time since I listened to this start to finish. Okay. Uh, I've obviously had bits and pieces pop up now and again, but I really enjoyed going back into this. I didn't love it all. Okay. That's not where sure. I'm coming from. I didn't love a lot of it as much as I did in 1990. Yeah. Because you, then it was fresh. Yeah, but you've also got a tinge of nostalgia that you get to look at it through as well. Very much so. And this is it. So I understand I'm coming at it with with some baggage of my own. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah. That's fair. And, I, and I'll and i be totally honest with you. I came at this album doing my absolute best to not be a prick about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I don't think I have been a prick No, not at all. It. Not at all. Um, it's an 11-track album. And there are three tracks on it that I that I like. That yeah. I, you know, not not that I accept, but I like. Okay, that is that far much stretches what I thought you were going to get out of this. Sure, you know, uh, but and there are things on there that just really piss me off. Fair um, enough. And you know, it doesn't make me feel like I need to rush out and listen to the next Charlatans album. Oh, you'll hate that. Yeah, it's got a lot more Hammond on it. Okay, right. Well, that's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah. sure. But it, it does make me go. Okay, right. I appreciate what they were about. This is, a, and I also yeah, go. This is a band at the start of their career, yeah, and I suspect you know, and I suspect they went on to do some stuff I'll find more interesting. I think they come into their own three or four albums in. Okay. I really do, and I think there's some wonderful singles. Okay. Well, you know, I'm. You we'll know, see how, yeah. I, I'm. I'm more excited to hear them than I would have been. Right. You know, Fair as enough. I say, this is this is a real mixed bag of an album. I would say, mm-hmm. like I say, two thirds of it I don't like at all. Um, Fine with that, yeah. Uh, but th- three, you know, three solid tracks. So. Okay. Well, I mean, we're at the point where we're going to have to decide which songs to put on our best of the 90s playlist okay well let's go you know I think it's fairly obvious what my three songs would be sure what would your three songs be given your complete drivers I mean to be honest I would probably only do two okay uh, but those two would be Opportunity okay and You're Not Very Well the opening track well I mean I I do not care for that first track at all no that, so no that, that's gone that is outside the question um, but yeah I mean Opportunity you'd go yeah, no, that okay. was one. Would you? What would be your next one? I mean, I think the best song on there is the only one I know. Yes. Um, and looking at what we've done with other albums, we have included big singles. Oh, we can if if we think it's 
our favourite one. I mean, I think and I, we can include. You know, it. I mean, I think it's the best song on the album. But I, I, but I also, you know, I also really like that last track, Frost and Green. Yeah, so. I mean, I would be, I'd be totally happy to put Frost and Green on for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, I, so I would go opportunity in Frost and Green as yep. a as a consensus. Yeah. I will put only one I know on. If you want to, I don't feel that we need to. I'm happy to leave it off if you want to leave it off. I, I would I would stick with two. On okay, this one. fair enough. So man, we'll do opportunity. Enough. We'll do Frost and Green. Cool. Right. Those are two good songs, man. Excellent. What well, we're done. Excellent. Wow. I've, I've had fun with this. Yes. Are you I had think, fun with it? I really have. And yeah, I was very happy, like I say, to go back into this. And I'm glad. I'm glad we we did. I'm glad I, I, I had to just blast through it again because. I would not have picked this up as an album to listen for me to be again. Yeah, I mean, this podcast also probably had my favourite podcast moment on it, uh, where Chris's face just completely screwed up and he looked like he was going to vomit and we realised that Waffles had farted. Yeah, um, he was sitting underneath me. Yeah. He got up. Yeah. I thought, oh, he's moving. I think he'd got up because he'd farted and knew the smell was coming. <laughs> it was fucking horrendous. So there you go, mate. Now we're there. <laughs> Pop collaborate and listen now with added dog farts. Yeah, <laughs> scratch and sniff edition. Yeah. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have. We will be back next week with next week we are doing Paul Simon's Rhythm of the Saints. Paul Simon's Rhythm of the Saints. Yeah. A bit of a bit of uh, right in the middle of his world music phase. Really nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am expecting to really <laughs> enjoy this one. Um, until then, thank you for joining us, and we will catch up with you next time. Indeed. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Collaborate and Listen is produced in the loosest of terms and edited, if you can call it that, by us two amateurs, which is why it sounds like it does. If you do want to get in contact with us, and we would love you to, you can get us on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at pclpodcast, Instagram at pclpodcast, facebook.com slash pclpodcast, and you can find all of this info as well as links to our Spotify playlists and that sort of thing on our website, which is pclpodcast.com.